Do you take heed of warnings? Do you listen when you see a sign ahead that says caution, trouble? Most of us are good at assessing if and when to take heed of warnings. Uh, For instance, some product warnings are more amusing than informative. So on a clothes iron, uh, do not iron clothes on body. These are actual warnings. On a microwave, not intended for drying pets. On a carpenter's drill, not intended to be used as a dental drill. And my favourite, and I do wonder how our children survived, on this baby stroller, remove baby before folding. And who hasn't ignored road signs from time to time? However, there are other warnings that we learn to take seriously, don't we? And for instance, if you see a a sign on the road that says accident ahead, you know, we take notice of that, don't we? And we also take the notice of the medical warnings that we get. You know, if a doctor sits down and says, I've got some news, we don't just push that aside. So most of us have good filters when it comes to discerning if and when to to pay attention to warning signs, certainly in the physical world, the natural world. But what about the spiritual world? How good are we at paying attention to the warnings and cautions in the Bible? Well, today, in our journey through Mark, we're going to see Jesus give a very serious warning to the disciples and to us. And we'll also see the disciples struggling to make sense of this warning, as we will as well. So we have to put our detective hats on a bit this morning to make sure that we can pay attention to this serious warning from Jesus. And we pick this up in Mark chapter 8 from verse 13. Mark chapter 8 from verse 13. Then Jesus left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf that they had with them in the boat. Now, by this stage in our journey through Mark, we we should be cautious whenever Jesus and the disciples get into a boat. Remember what normally happens. Normally what happens in the previous two examples of them being in boats is this great storm comes up. And the disciples are are scared witless, either because the storm is, is so great that they're in danger of being swamped, or because Jesus comes to meet them on the water. Now, in those two situations, Jesus saved the day, calmed the storm. As an aside, if I was a disciple back in Jesus' day, I'd be very nervous about getting into a boat with him. However, today, this time in their journey across the lake, there is no storm, no threat of sinking, no walking on the water. However, Jesus doesn't let them off the hook. Just as he used those two storms as a teaching opportunity, Jesus uses this calm crossing as a teaching opportunity as well. Because in verse 15, Be careful, Jesus warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. Now what's the background here? Now Jesus had just miraculously fed 4,000 people bread and fish, and then straight after had been confronted by the Pharisees. And so this very short parable picks on these two ideas. The miraculous feeding picks up on the idea of bread with uh, yeast and leaven, and also the encounter with the Pharisees. And so there's obviously a connection between these two events, but the disciples just can't get it. And so in verse 16, they're scratching their heads when they say, they discussed this with one another and said, it is because we had no bread. That's the best 
they could come up with. Now Jesus hears his struggle to make sense of this small parable, so he patiently and gently leads the disciples to a clear understanding of what it means. We wish, because he doesn't do that at all. He doesn't explain exactly what he meant. Far from it. Instead, Jesus piles question upon question. There are eight questions that he lays onto the hapless disciples. And as I was preparing this, I thought of a boxer catching his opponent on the ropes. And do you know what happens? It's a left and a right, bang, bang, bang. Eight punches Jesus delivers to the disciples on the boat. See if you can follow me with these eight questions from verse 17. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Disciples come up from here. Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Seven, they answered. And he said to them, Do you still not understand? Eight questions. And it's frustrating because nobody answers them. The disciples have no idea, and Jesus doesn't take the time out to unpack them and explain the parable. Because uh, in verse 22, we see that he arrives on the other side of the lake and straight away goes about healing a blind man. How are we to make sense of this warning? How do we make sense of it and to put it into practice? I mean, there's a sense that it's not a silly caution. It's not like someone saying, careful to take the baby out before you fold the stroller. We're not sort of talking about that sort of silly warning. There's a quite a somber tone, isn't it? It's more like... Accident ahead, be careful. It's that sort of warning, or even a, a medical warning from a doctor. So as we start probing the text, you'll see that there are clues to be had. So we'll put up the, the parable, which is there. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of the Herod. So that's our mission this morning, is to make sense of this warning. The disciples had no idea. Let's see if we can work out what it means. There are three components to this small parable. There's the yeast, the Pharisees, and Herod. And so how do they tie together? We'll look at each of those three parts separately. First of all, the yeast. Yeast in the Bible isn't like the yeast that we get off the supermarket shelf today. The yeast that we get in those small jars is a carefully cultivated type of fungi that then used to raise the bread. No, in the Bible, yeast or leaven, as the King James helpfully puts, is something quite different. Uh, For those who know their way around the kitchen, think sourdough bread. So how does leaven work? Well, a batch of dough is made, and just before it goes into the oven, a portion of that dough is kept aside for the next day, and that's called leaven. And that's got the yeast in it. Now, the next day... The flour comes out and the other ingredients, salt, and that leaven, that dough from the last day, is then mixed in. And it's mixed in and it's pressed and spread until the leaven gets through the whole dough. And then that dough is left to rise and the process is repeated. Some is kept aside for the next day and it goes into the oven. 
So that's what Jesus is talking about here when it comes to, to leaven and making bread. So Jesus uses this common domestic practice to illustrate his point. And he uses the idea of leaven, of yeast, in, another, in other places, in other parts of his teaching, in a positive way as well. So Luke chapter 13 is very helpful for us here because it helps us understand how Jesus uses the image of leaven or yeast. And he uses it in a very positive sense. Luke 13 verse 20. Again Jesus asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. So here in Luke chapter 13, Jesus is using the idea that a small amount, when spread thoroughly, can make a significant impact. And Jesus is saying the kingdom of God starts small, but can affect all it comes into contact in a positive way. And not only this, but that leaven, the characteristic of that leaven, is passed on to the rest of the mixture. So keeping with Jesus' parable in Luke, what he's saying to us here in Cromwell is that you are a small number of people, but you are my kingdom of God in Cromwell. And when you go out into the community and you interact with people in the schools and at work and in the supermarket... You are being like leaven, and you are making a difference and blessing the community. And so when we engage in small acts of kindness to other people, we might think it's a small impact, but because of the Holy Spirit, it's a bigger impact than we think. So the kingdom of God starts small and is worked quietly amongst the community of Cromwell, and God is doing a wonderful work. Now, isn't that encouraging? doesn't matter if it's just two or three believers in a small rural area, but the kingdom of God starts small and is worked through. So that's how Jesus uses the idea of yeast in a positive way. But here, today, in Mark chapter 8, he's using it in a negative way. You see, there's something of the Pharisees and of King Herod that is so powerful that just a little worked in can affect all of us for the worse. And so Jesus is saying, be warned, danger ahead. Beware of the working in of the Pharisees and of Herod. Now we understand what the yeast idea is about. How does it apply to Pharisees and how does it apply to King Herod? Well, the answers to this are found in those questions. If you can look at question three and four out of those eight, the third and the fourth question, they are the ones that tell us what the yeast is. Question three is, and remember these are directed at the, at the disciples, question three is, are your hearts hardened? That is the yeast of the Pharisees. Question four is, do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? That is the yeast of King Herod. Now we need to unpack that for a little bit. Okay, so Pharisees, the yeast of the Pharisees that we've been warned about is hearts that are hardened. Now, Jesus knew full well the hardness of the Pharisees' hearts. Way back in Mark chapter 2, we remember that a paralyzed man couldn't get to Jesus. The friends dug a hole on the roof and lowered him down, and they were expecting healing. And do you remember what Jesus said to the paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees who were in the room were sitting there and, and we're told that they were thinking, how dare he? Who does he think he is? Only God can forgive. And then in uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 8, 
Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. In their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? And of course Jesus goes on to demonstrate his authority to forgive by healing the man. But notice it also exposes the hardness of the Pharisee's heart. In Mark chapter 7, Jesus applies a prophecy from Isaiah to the Pharisees. Mark chapter 7 verse 6. Jesus replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. The Pharisees' hearts were far from God. Mark chapter 10 spells it out even more clearly. In an argument over divorce, Jesus declares in verse 5 of Mark 10, it was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote this law. In Matthew 13, verse 15, Jesus used the term calloused to describe the hearts of the Pharisees. So you can see here that we have this picture that the yeast, the leaven of the Pharisees, were hearts that were hard or callous towards God. And so we have this picture of the Pharisees who on the outside were religious, upright, and carefully following the letter of the law, but whose hearts were hardened and calloused and far from God. And that's Jesus' warning for you and I today. You know, on the outside, we may be attending church and we may pick up the Bible and say the right things on the outside, but where is our heart towards God? I mean, the Pharisees were even worse than that because they were leavened and being worked into the surrounding community. They were dragging people down with them. Instead of encouraging people to have a warm father-heart relationship with God, the Pharisees were were drawing people into a dry place, a barren place, a wasteland of hypocrisy and one-upmanship. And this is what we need to be warned against. And so how do we soften our hearts to God? Well, one thing is to recognize that our hearts do become hard. There's a number of ways that can happen, but one way is when God brings trouble or difficulties into our lives, and we have a choice. We can either lean into God and say, Lord, even though every circumstance is telling me that you don't care or love me, I'm going to trust and cling into you. When you do that, your heart softens. But the most common response among Christians is when he sends difficulties or calamities into our lives. We lean away and say, God, if you loved me, you wouldn't have done this. And we lean away from God and our hearts start to grow calluses. And so Jesus is warning us against the yeast of the Pharisees. What about Herod? What's the leaven or the yeast of Herod? Well, it's ears that fail to hear. And again, we go back in Mark to chapter 6, when King Herod had John the Baptist thrown into jail. Do you remember why John the Baptist was thrown into jail? That's right, he called him out. Verse 18 of chapter 6. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And so um, he had a brother, Philip, who was married to Herodias, and and Herod was king, and he decided, I quite like my sister-in-law. I think I'll take her as my wife. And he did. And Herod said, you can't do that. You can't do that. But Herod threw him into prison because he was just saying to everyone in his public preaching, the king is wrong. 
But notice, notice this. When, when Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. It's Mark 6, verse 20. This is the yeast of Herod. You see it very clearly in those two verses. There was John speaking the word of God, and there was Herod, who loved to hear it, but refused to obey it. He loved to hear the word of God, but he refused to obey it. Why? Because it was inconvenient. <laughs> you know, it didn't suit him. It was difficult, whatever the reason. And this is what Jesus is warning us about. Hearing the word of God, loving to hear the word of God, and ignoring it. And there's a passage in Ezekiel that demonstrates this so well. Now, who's Ezekiel? Well, Ezekiel is an Old Testament prophet. And when God's people rebelled against God and were exiled to Babylon, Ezekiel was taken with them. And he was in Babylon and he was preaching God's word to those exiles. And in uh, chapter 33, verse 30, God is speaking to Ezekiel. And he says this, God is saying, The people were saying to each other, Come and hear the message that has come from the Lord. But Ezekiel, my people come to you, as they usually do, and sit before you to listen to your words, but they do not put them into practice. With their mouths they express devotion, but their hearts are greedy for unjust grain. Indeed, to them you are nothing more than one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well. For they hear your words, Ezekiel, but do not put them into practice. Man, doesn't that describe Herod? He just loved to hear John the Baptist preach God's word and get ahead of steam. But for him, it was no more than listening to a love song. Deeply moving, but of no consequences. Herod was enamored by the word of God. Yet he obeyed nothing that he disagreed with. As soon as there was something in the word of God that he thought, I don't like that or I'm not going to do that, he just totally ignored it. And that is the yeast of Herod. So let's summarize. Where are we this morning with this warning? Well, we're told that we must not follow the example of the Pharisees or Herod. With the Pharisees, we are warned against developing a hard heart, a callous heart towards God and each other. And with the yeast of Herod... Jesus is warning us not to listen to God's word without putting into practice. Though we may be enthralled or fascinated, even detained, that in itself does not please God. Our listening must be mixed with obedience. So let me give you an acid test on whether you are a Christian or not. You know, are you really following Jesus? Hmm, okay. You come across something in the Bible and it makes you feel uncomfortable. What do you do with it? I'll give you an example. Let's say you're reading the Bible and you come to that passage which Jesus says, you know, unless you forgive others, I will not forgive you. We're talking the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew chapter 6. Now, what do you do when you come across something like that that you don't find comfortable? Maybe it's something like this. Well, Lord, I'm happy to forgive everyone else, but there's one person that has hurt me so bad. They've betrayed me, and it just I just can't forgive them, Lord. I will not forgive them. And when you do that, you are hardening your heart against Jesus. And the leaven of the Pharisees has been worked into your life. And Jesus is saying to you today, to me as well, be careful, watch out, 
you are in great danger, do not follow the example of the Pharisees. Or maybe you've heard a good biblical sermon that has challenged you to give more to the Lord's work. And you leave the service inspired and committed to give more. But well, you get home and you do the sums. And there's the mortgage to pay. And the kids at university. And that little trip overseas that is just, you know, you're putting money aside and you think, ah, maybe not. Oh, God will understand. But goodness me, wasn't that an inspiring message? I can't wait till next Sunday. Hmm. I think we've all been there, done that. And that is the yeast of King Herod that Jesus is warning us against. We are just like someone listening to a moving and emotional love song, enthralled in the moment, but put nothing into practice. This morning, Jesus is saying to you and I, be careful, watch out. You are in great danger. Do not follow the example of King Herod. And these then are our take-homes. Work at having a soft heart towards God and towards others. This world is a hard place. It is, isn't it? You know, and many of you are working in a place where your colleagues, they're so hard towards God, so hard to each other. You know, some of you have got children at school and you're interacting with parents and, and the school system and it's, gee, it's hard. And it's tempting. The world just wants to build callous after callous over our heart. You know, look after yourself, fight for number one, all those sort of messages that we get. And God's word to us is saying, soften your heart. Look to me. Don't look to the world. The world will knock you around, but if you throw yourself on my mercy, I will look after you. Have a soft heart. And we think of Jesus who every breath was the word of God, but he didn't just breathe the word of God, he lived the word of God. Example after example, he obeyed his father's words. The east of the Pharisees, the east of Herod. But gee, we fall short, don't we? We allow our hearts to grow hard. Goodness me. You know, we read the word of God and it becomes uncomfortable, so we pretend we don't understand it or just keep moving on until we hit one of those lovely psalms. <laughs> you know? And so what do we do? Well, we fall short. And when we fall short, God wants us to fall again. He wants us to fall on our knees at the foot of the cross and go back to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I've let my heart grow hard. Or, yeah, I know you've been, you've been nudging me by your spirit to do this and I've just run away, but I, I come back to you. So when we fall short, we fall a second time. We fall on our knees before the, at the foot of the cross, the foot of Christ. And there we are washed clean, forgiven and given a fresh start a fresh measure of the Holy Spirit, and it becomes a joy to follow the living God. Uh, it is my prayer that we will not let the yeast of the Pharisees with their hard hearts or the yeast of Herod, who disobeyed or ignored all the word of God that he found challenging. I pray that with humble hearts, we will all come to the foot of the cross and with joy knowing the saving grace and the mercy of our magnificent obsession Jesus the Christ. Let's pray.